I'm Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Clement. I'm Eric Pham, and this is Flyover Film Country, a podcast about movies set in place off forgotten by Hollywood. We are continuing our Flyover Central series where we each pick a film that we believe to highlight the Flyover Country experience. For this episode, we will be covering the 2010 Western True Grit, directed by the Coen brothers, starring Haley Steinfeld, Jeff Bridges, Matt Damon, and Josh Brolin. True Grit is an adaptation of the 1968 novel of the same name by Charles Portis. It follows the story of 14-year-old Maddie Ross, played by Haley Steinfeld, on a revenge quest for her father's death by a scoundrel named Tom Chaney, played amazingly by amazingly by josh brolin maddie enlists the help of u.s marshal rooster cogburn played by jeff bridges and texas ranger labeef played by matt damon to help her navigate the choctaw nation on her quest to avenge her father's death before we jump in we want to hear from our sponsors ready set podcast they have prices to fit any budget options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters they can make it super easy to create your own podcast by recording editing and publishing what you record if you have a podcast idea they give you a free consultation if you reach out to them on their social media or website their so their website is www.readysetpodcast.xyz ready set podcast turning your brilliant idea into reality so before we get started uh real quick do you want to mention what you guys have been watching before we discuss uh true grit lead us off olivia all right uh so i watched Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, the the OG Spider-Man. Uh, Which you, were, you used to not be impressed with, right? I I just, I think because my brother liked him so much, like liked that movie so much as a kid, I was just like, well, I'm not going to like it. Um, but as I've gotten older, I have grown to appreciate it. Uh, I rewatched it last year for the first time. And uh, I have sort of started doing a movie night with some friends once a week. And uh, my friend Vic was like, we need to watch Spider-Man. He wants to watch all of the Spider-Man movies. Uh, so I don't know if that's including Venom? actually end up happening. Or not. I don't know if he's including Venom in that. I wouldn't be upset about it. Venom is. But I don't know. I don't think Venom's. Venom is- terrible of like a good bad movie yeah exactly it's so bad that it's entertaining and and it's entertaining is good right yeah i like tom hardy it's it's entertaining i i wasn't and the thing was is like going into venom i knew it wasn't going to be fantastic so i think because i had lowered expectations my like lowered my expectations so low that i was actually like oh wait no this wasn't bad it wasn't good but it wasn't bad which one so, did you watch? Anyway, the first so one? that's Venom or Spider Man? Oh, wait, are you talking about Venom? Are we still talking about? <laughs> I, I was just then. Oh, my bad, my bad. I, I was like, wait, wait, what, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He thinks that the Spider Man's just. No, 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 no. We were talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were still talking about Venom, so I was continuing talking about Venom. But we can go back to Tobey Maguire Spider Man. No, it has it really aged good. well? It actually has, yeah. Like, there okay, hasn't been, yeah. there wasn't anything in it that I was like, oh, that that's not a great Wait comment. till three. Wait till um, three. <laughs> yeah, I have actually never seen three, so I think at some point we're probably gonna watch it on our our movie night. But uh, we'll see, we'll see. It'll so be that's what I watched. We also watched The Conjuring last oh, week, which nice. was terrifying. It was the first time I've ever seen it, and I don't ever want to watch it again. So Ed and Lorraine, I, feel power couple. I think they're a power couple in the in the movie world. Um, they, they, they like they have they a are, movie, you know, yeah, like underrated. They do. They and really they do. do, and there's a. Yeah. They just released the trailer for the for the third one. The new one uh, looks yeah. interesting. Yeah. Going out. yeah, I haven't seen it, 
but Patrick Wilson and uh, Vera Faminga are great. I love both of them. I think they're fantastic actors. I think they're both underappreciated, but I, I don't ever want to watch it again. <laughs> Do um, so. Let's talk real quick about like movie groups or regular, regularly occurring movie nights. Eric, do you have that with a group of friends? I really mainly watch movies by myself. Uh, Occasionally on the weekends, I'll watch it with my dad or my brother um, Mm -hmm. if they're around. But really, I watch movies by myself. Even in the theaters, I go by myself. Um, Nice. If we all lived in the same city, we would would obviously watch movies together every week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A hundred percent. So what, who and all, who all is in your group, Olivia? Like what's the guy my group, ratio and you know, um, there's two guys and there's consistently one, two, three, maybe four girls. Um, there's a, there's like seven of us in another group message, but one of the girls, like she, she sometimes shows up, sometimes doesn't. So, not super consistent, but that's kind of just typical of who she is. And I mean that lovingly. She's I she's a great person. I enjoy hanging out with her. It's just sometimes she's forgets. So Oh yeah. Anyway. But yeah, that's uh it's actually kind of a large group. Uh we are all vaccinated, so it's not like we're just hanging out in large crowds, uh, just cause we are all actually vaccinated, so Everybody go get vaccinated. If you're listening to this and you haven't been vaccinated, please go get vaccinated. It's pretty, I, I would say it's pretty easy for most people to set up an appointment at this time. Yeah. So please yeah. go do that so that we can PSA. get back to a semblance of normality. Um, That's right. so- I wanted to, to talk about that for a second because I created a letterboxed list of things that our movie group has watched and the rule that we established pretty early on. And we started doing this in like September or October. Mm-hmm. Um, I've picked the first couple and then after that, I, the, the two guys who were coming regularly, uh, Jordan and Will, I said, okay, you pick a movie and then you pick a movie the week after that. So then as we added more people regularly, we have like five people or six people who come regularly. They're allowed to pick a movie, but the rule is you, it has to be something the majority of everyone hasn't seen before and something that one person like doesn't hard veto. So you have to be open-minded to stuff. And it's not like we're going to intentionally choose bad things. But (laughs) here's here's like a sample of the things that (laughs) we've watched. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And and this is, these are all guys in their 20s. (laughs) Portrait of a Lady on Fire. (laughs) Remember the Titans. Beetlejuice. Honey Boy. It Follows. The Nicolas Cage movie Next. The J-Lo stripper movie Hustlers. And oh, the Tom man. Hanks movie Big. Nice. <laughs> what a yeah, I was gonna say that's a diverse Thursday night. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. Hey, we do ours on Thursday. It's a great. It's the best it night is. of the week. It really is a, a good night to do movie night. Um, yeah. So we've watched Kill Bill volumes one and two, The Conjuring, and Spider Man. So wow. uh, those are I, great picks. I thought so. Um, I picked Kill Bill. I was like, I think it would be a lot of fun if we watched Kill Bill together. We don't have like hard rules. I I suggested that it's probably be best for us to like each each person every week take turns uh, or take a turn and pick a movie. Um, but I don't know if we're actually going to stick to that rule or not. So mm. anyway, yeah, yeah, nice. I think it's good Eric. to have democracy. Yeah, Eric, what have you been watching? This morning, I watched Big Lebowski. Uh, the 
second half of the Jeff Bridges Cohen Brothers doubleheader. Um, it's a classic. Um, and before that, last night I watched Mortal Kombat. Yes. Okay. That's nice. what I was going to ask you about yes. before we started. Yeah. Recording. Freaking awesome. Uh, was it good? The acting was average to say, if I'm being nice. Uh, but the action is pretty awesome, especially if you're a Mortal Kombat fan. Um, the action was so over the top. Uh, Kano has some amazing lines. Um, Scorpion and Sub Zero steal the show, though. Uh, it's it great. If you got to turn your brain off, like, Im- like the opening scene, just turn your brain off. Um, definitely a pretty pretty amazing action movie though i think it's just like the it's like uh it's not it's not a hell it's not a wholesome meal but it's definitely a lot of skittles and snickers right <laughs> right the, the story is absolutely makes no sense um and the dialogue <laughs> is just a bunch of one-liners and insults characters throwing at each other but the action is awesome nice 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 sometimes that's all you want eric, yeah, should, eric should we do a olivia you're welcome to join in on this but should you and I do a uh, Mortal Kombat episode where we talk about how the 1995 and oh, 2021 versions compare and differ? Dude, 1995. It's been a minute I've seen, since I've seen that one. I saw a lot of people talking about it last night on social media. Just is, because. is it streaming anywhere? This, the, the OG one. I can look real quick. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. The new one is streaming on HBO on Max yeah. for like a month. And uh, it's in theaters. I don't know if I would have. I mean, I probably would have paid it. To see in theaters, but I don't know if I would recommend to see in theaters. Definitely, if you have HBO Max, I mean, that's obviously the choice. I think you can just rent it on iTunes or Amazon. Ah, oh yeah, Mortal Kombat. That was one of my most anticipated movies of the year, and uh, I mean, I I didn't have great expectations for it, but it's it's Mortal Kombat. You're not going to be getting like some crazy Oscar movie from it. So our very own or our, the the beloved, not our own, like we don't own him. But the beloved Shea Serrano of the Ringer Network loves the 1995 Mortal Kombat. Also, Eric, you and I were born in 1995, right? Yes. Olivia. I was not. 94. I I think it means something. I think it means that Olivia does not need to participate in this bonus episode (laughs) we're going to record. Mortal Kombat is a great movie, though, to watch with (laughs) friends. Like the, the newest one, there's... Like I was, we were cheering, and I watched with my brother. We were cheering, clapping. Uh, there's, <laughs> it's it's just great corny flick. So does does Sub Zero or does does something crazier happen than Sub Zero stabbing a man, turning the blood into his spear, and stabbing him with his own blood made out of? The there spear? is one kill that is not Sub Zero, and I'm not gonna spoil it because it's by far the best kill in the in the movie. Uh, nice. I think it's consensus best kill in the movie, but I, I won't spoil it. This is a very important question that I need you to answer. Does someone yell Mortal Kombat at some point in the movie? <laughs> so the theme Mortal Kombat is said a lot throughout the movie because of the Mortal okay. Kombat tournament. So, you know, you always it's always funny when when the characters say the title of the movie. Sure. Um, in, in the dialogue. Yeah. I don't know if they actually yelled it. I mean, they say some of the iconic lines and there's the music. Oh, it's it's incredible. Okay, because isn't that, I feel like, I think it was Shea Serrano who tweeted this, but doesn't, doesn't that happen at the beginning of the 95 version? Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's what I, I read thought. that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so okay. <laughs> that's all, I, I just was curious about that. Yep. So, Mortal Kombat, Big Lebowski, uh, that's par for the course for me, those kinds of movies. Isaac, wanna, what have you been watching? I want to rewatch the Big Lebowski, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it is so good. My favorite part of the movie is the scene with the uh, coffee canister and ashes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so it's so funny. Um, the last thing I watched, other than True Grit, was the un- 
The Uninvited, which is a, hold on a second. It's a 2002. I'm so sorry. Just give me, give me a quick second. Two, no, 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 no. 2009. It has Emily Browning and David Strathairn in it. And Elizabeth Banks, and it's like a bad 2009 horror thriller movie masquerading as a horror movie. So, um, yeah, it was okay. Actually, it wasn't that good. But um, (laughs) the last thing I watched other than that was Judo, which is what we uh, are previously recording on, and then True Grey, which I finished right before we start this episode. So, all right, sweet. Yeah. Let's let's just go ahead and jump into True Grit. Um, I I so I picked True Grit. The reason why I picked it is just uh, the setting of it is in Fort Smith, and it's a fun period piece that kind of shows you what it was like in the South back in I guess eighteen eighteen late eighteen hundreds post Civil War era. Yeah, I was gonna say it was post Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. And the setting is really cool. There there are a bunch of fun characters in it. And I think it's the Coen Brothers' only Western or really even genre movie. Um, really, every other movie they've done besides this is kind of their own. Yeah. They're, they're the Coen Brothers genre. This is like the one that is re- really fits into it, its own defined genre, which is the Western. Um, so that's that's why I picked it. And I think it would just be a fun one for us all to discuss because it's, um, I mean, it's a Western. It's There's some action in it. And at the heart of it, I think it's a coming of age story for Haley Steinfeld's character. Um, mm-hmm. Maddie Ross. So, what did what did you guys think of it? I love this movie. This movie came out when we were in high school. Yeah, tenth grade, tenth grade, right? Yeah. yeah. This movie rules. I remember loving it when I saw it in theaters and thinking it was funny and strange and just a just a really solid movie. Uh, having not watched very many movies growing up, it was a great theater experience. It had a. It has a. I told someone today um, at that shoot I was telling you guys about that um, that I was watching it and they said man, that movie has a really stern ending. And I was like, that's a good, kind of a good word for it. And on upon revisiting, this movie is very interesting because the overture and overall like theme song of the movie is the hymn leaning on the everlasting arms, which is so interesting. And I've been trying to like think through the verses and how it connects to what happens in this script. But this movie has so many, so many cool little interesting things in the three different characters of Labeef, Maddie, and Rooster that I just really enjoy. And this might be one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad you you said all that because um, one of the things I really love about it, of course, are the the, the main band of characters, uh, Labeef, Rooster, and Maddie. But the, the setting and the music is like, the acting is incredible in it, but the setting and the production design and the music is like right on par. Um, everything across the board for this movie is just incredible and all comes to make an, an amazing story. Yeah. What'd you think, Olivia? I, I really enjoyed it. I remember watching it in high school because I was an idiot and took AP U S history in high school. And that was like, we, in that class, we had to watch so many movies that were like, uh, like related to American history. And so this was on the list. So I watched this at my friend's house the summer before our junior year. And um, I didn't, honestly, I couldn't remember anything about it. I, I was trying to think about it. I was like, I don't really remember what happens in the movie, but I remember I really liked it when I was like 16. But upon revisiting it, it was, it was like funnier than I remember it being. I thought the, like, like you guys have said, I mean, I just echoing everything you guys have said, um, you know, the acting was so good. Uh, I loved the costume design, um, which I think we'll talk about at some point. I yep. saw that you had that on there. 
Uh, and the whole time, you know, it was just referencing all these little towns in Arkansas or like these different like places in Arkansas that I was like, oh, I know exactly where that is or I've, I've been there. And so that was kind of cool. Um, overall, it's a really good movie. Um, I would I would really highly suggest this, even if, if you don't love Westerns. Like I, I don't love a Western movie. Um, but I think that this is a good movie and Eric, I like how you described it as a coming of age. Cause I, I don't think I would have described it as that, but when I saw that in the notes that you had r- written that, and I was like, it, it is a coming of age. Yeah. So it really is. I got that little, uh, little, f- I guess, statement from, uh, I watched one of the behind the scenes featurettes where they're ta- the cast was talking about it and Matt Damon was talking about the movie and he said, he said the same exact thing. I was like, Huh. So it is a coming of age story for Maddie because she learns a lot about herself. Um, she's one person before the movie starts and at the end of the movie, she's she's learned a lot. And it really is a, a coming of age story uh, when you really think about it. And the main character is is Maddie Ross. So um, great. I'm, I'm, I'm great. You, uh, you both enjoyed it. Um, let's let's uh, I'll, let me get some background and just fast facts about the movie uh, for the people that don't know about the movie. It was directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Uh, the screenplay was also written by Joel and Ethan Cohen. The source material came from the novel uh, written by Charles Portis. The film was uh, cinematog- or shot by Roger, Deacon- Roger Deakins. And fun fact about that, this was the last film he shot in film before uh, he switched to shooting films in digital. So um, pretty cool uh, fact. And the production design, which is one of the key things in the movie, was done by Jess Goncourt. Um, he did the production design for some other period piece movies like Little Woman, did it for No Country for Old Men, Foxcatcher, and he will be doing it for A Quiet Place Part 2. So, Eric, do you know which Little Women he, he did? The one with uh, Saoirse Ronan. Okay, so the new yeah. one. Yes. The 2019 yeah. version. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which also had fantastic costume design. Like, awesome. It yeah. was it was so good. And great feet nice. molds. That's the first thing I've said in a long time. <laughs> You remember when, I haven't seen when that. I haven't Lauren, seen little Amy's like, I'm going to make a f- uh, mold of my feet for Lori so he remembers how perfect <laughs> <Yeah>. my feet are. <laughs> I died laughing in the theater. I forgot about that part. Yes. Nice. And Florence Pugh is so good. They're, I mean, they're all good in that movie. She's just really good in that movie. Awesome. I'll, I think I have that on my watch list. I'll need to need to watch that someday. So that's uh, that's the crew. Our cast, Um, we already mentioned, I think, all of them. Uh, Josh Brolin does play Tom Chaney. We all know Matt Damon, Jeff Bridges, Heist, Haley Steinfelder in this, and then Barry Pepper uh, plays Lucky Ned Pepper, which is kind of the uh, the outlaw in the, the one of the outlaws in the movie. The filming location it was shot mainly shot in Buena Vista Ranch, in New Mexico. I think that's around Santa Fe, and then also it was shot in Austin and Granger, Texas. Uh, Granger, Texas was actually where they recreated Fort Smith. Um, I have some cool info about that later. For the budget and box office, uh, it was a thirty-eight million dollar budget and worldwide revenue two hundred fifty million. This and, killed at the box office. Yeah, it really did. Uh, I think it made like one hundred seventy million in the U.S., so it made even more in international, which is just kind of crazy to think about. And this is definitely by far the Coen Brothers' most profitable movie. I think a third of that revenue probably came from Fort Smith in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, I was I, f- I forgot specifically, but. There was a little uh, a little fact saying that 
a lot of the revenue uh, came from Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. So that doesn't surprise me. I don't know if you remember this, but so my friend who and Eric, you would know this person. Um, but my my friend who I like whose house I watched this movie at when we were sixteen, um, she was. I remember her telling me that her parents went to go see it like opening night, and there they didn't know this, but like the movie movie theater uh, did a like a special thing where if you dressed up for like oh, wow. like in that old timey get yeah. up you could get you could go see it for free which i thought was really wow. like what a deal um but her parents had no idea so they like they showed up dressed in regular <laughs> clothes looking like a bunch of idiots it, while everyone else is dressed up like they're on the prairie no that's awesome yeah. um yeah i'm glad this movie did well because uh it, it, it really is an amazing story and i think the Coen brothers said that this movie did well in the box office because it's like it's it was easily marketable um, and it's it was rated PG thirteen, which like I think all their other movies are rated R and they're quirky movies, so it, it's hard to get like uh, like mass audiences to go see it. Um, yeah, I think, plus which, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, no, no, go ahead. I, I was gonna say plus it's a remake that John John Wayne was in the original and. You know, that, of course, John Wayne is a big deal, especially if you're into Westerns. I mean, he's like the cowboy, right? Right. And so, I mean, I think that also probably played another part in it is like the fact that it's a remake um, that also also was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. I think John Wayne won. He won one. Yes, he did. Yeah, he won for Best Actor. Yep, he did. Um, And that leads me into my last point about the movie. Uh, It got nominated for like nine or ten Oscars. Uh, best mm-hmm. picture, best lead actor, best supporting actress, best achievement in directing, best adaptive screenplay, cinematography, costume design, sound mixing, sound editing, and art direction. Um, guess what? What be or guess who beat Deacons for cinematography this year? Um, I don't know. Can I get a hint? Uh, you and I did an episode on this filmmaker. It was a Nolan movie. So Nolan was it Inception? Yeah, it was Wally Fister. Wally Fister. Wow. wow. Was- <clears throat> Roger Deakins. Yeah. He's gotten screwed over by the Oscars so many times. Um, he won, I think, his first Oscar in like the last was it was like recently, like within the was last five years. It was twenty forty nine is Blade Runner. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, was, did you yeah. that- which is does look incredible, but it, I mean, not his best I, looking film. Yeah, yeah, I love the way that movie looks, but it's also like yeah. from a pure cinematography standpoint, like True, True Grit is insanely beautiful. Like that was one of the main things. I like watched on my phone last night just because like I, like, I got to <laughs> squeeze this in because I just I had no time and it was that's not a testament to this podcast or the the movie but it was I was just like I just got to keep watching I'm like about to fall asleep but this is so good it looks so great yeah l- let's go ahead and just talk about the cinematography and some of the technical aspects of the movie like cinematography and production design um, there was a little snippet that Roger Deakins did on on the on the blu-ray where he talked about like what he was trying to achieve with like the direction um of, of how he shot the movie and the scene that he w- he used as the example was the courtroom scene where maddie sees rooster for the very first time um and i went back and watched that scene with knowing what roger deakins was saying about it and he wanted that that scene to be shot from Maddie's perspective, because if you see her walk in, she's like, in a, she's behind a huge crowd of people. She sees like a silhouette of rooster. And then the closer she gets, the more you learn about rooster because he's talking more. There's like light shining out of the window behind his back. And I just, 
I just found that shot so incredible. And that's one of the very first scenes in the movie. And that's the very first time you're introduced to the character of a rooster. Well, and also I, I hadn't thought about it until you said that just now, but it's also the angle of the, the, ca- the camera is like a little bit lower. Yeah. Cause yeah. she, I mean, cause she's four. I mm-hmm. think Haley Steinfeld was 13 when this movie was filmed. So of course she's sh- shorter than everyone else. And so I, yeah, it really is from her perspective. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, it, it was so cool. And that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie because you learn right after that, you you kind of feel like you've known Rooster for like 10 years because you learn that he's he's uh, he's a lawman, but he definitely blurs the line on on what it means to enforce the law. Um, he's on or he's I think he's a he's on the witness stand mm-hmm. for uh, shooting a bunch of people and I think killing some and the dialogue in that is just so good as well. But what do you, what did y'all think of the cinematography and just the beautifulness of this, of this movie? That's weird. Uh, the very end when he's writing spoilers, uh, he's riding like a madman with her to town because she's bitten by the snake and he knows it's only a matter of time. Uh, the sunset and the stars, all that. I was just like, oh my gosh, this this just looks great. It looks yeah. awesome. And like, I don't know, from from a pure like flyover country perspective, it's this hits home to us because it kind of does capture. Well, I mean, like you could argue that it doesn't because it was Texas, but like it, it that landscape does look like Arkansas. Yes. Like mm-hmm. like many different areas of Arkansas, especially Northwest and around Fort Smith. So um yeah. Yeah. The the cinematography is is beautiful. Um, I have yet to see a movie that Roger Deakins doesn't, or like like any movie he has ever done as the cinematographer. It's always been beautiful. Um, he's he's just so good at what he does. Uh, if anyone listening to this has no idea who he is, just look him up on IMDb oh, or like Google his his resume, and every movie you'll be like. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense that he is the cinematographer for that. Cause yeah, like yeah. I was looking at his resume earlier on IMDb and I was like, man, I can't believe he's done all these movies. Um, like, uh, did you, Olivia, did you know before you looked at his IMDb that he had done the cinematography for Rango? Oh, no. wow. have y'all That's seen crazy. Rango? I haven't uh, seen that. I haven't no. seen it. Rango's amazing. It's so <laughs> weird. It's so strange. I would love to talk about Gore Verbinski at one point on our podcast because he's, he, I mean, like he did the Pirates of the Caribbean Day? movies. No, no, that, that was a, uh, who, who, I can't remember. That's who. a different. The French, different. the French director. Yeah. That's somebody else. Completely. Yeah. Gore Verbinski did Pirates of the Caribbean and like some other random stuff. Um, he was going to do a Bioshock movie. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, wow. Uh, I did not know that. Which would have been really weird and crazy. But yeah, uh, Roger Deakins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's done Rango. He's done pretty much every Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. He did uh, Fargo, Big Lebowski. Oh, um, brother. Uh, oh, brother. Where art thou? He did uh, A Beautiful Mind. Most recently, he did 1917. Oh, yeah. Um, Sicario and Blade Runner. Oh, Sicario. Yeah. yeah yep. Sicario. Yeah. Was, he did Jarhead. Crazy. Also, I learned this today while I was looking at his his resume. He did the cinematography for Marvin Gaye's music video for Sexual Healing, and I was like, "Oh, wow. uh, he's like early in his career. He did um, some cinematography for for music videos, which I thought was cool." So he has a great podcast. He does. Yeah. I haven't listened to it as much as I I yeah. really would like to, but every time I I've listened to it, I'm like, 
this was this was refreshing. Yeah, he's he's really definitely awesome. one of the one of the good people working in in the film industry. It's it's so awesome hearing him talk, and hears passion about movies. Um, and that that's cool that he shot a, a music video. That I mean, maybe that's why I like him so much, and I love Michael Bay so much. Michael Bay, he started out directing music videos before he started doing movies. If you did not, oh know nice, that. I did so, not know that. The uh, the Michael Tron Bay and Roger Deakins having something in, in common. <laughs> Who'd have thought? <laughs> Who's the uh, Joseph Kaczynski, the guy who uh, Oblivion and Only the Brave? And yeah, Top Gun too. He started out I mean, doing Top music Gun. videos for like MGMT, I think. Oh wow, that's oh, awesome. nice. y'all remember MGMT from like oh, yeah. high school? Heck yeah, oh, yeah, that's yes. a classic uh, high school soundtrack. I don't want to steer this conversation too much about the Oscars, but when we're recording this, the Oscars are oh yeah the following yeah. day. But the big picture did a an episode on the 2011 Oscars earlier this week from when we're recording and about how how a travesty the 2011 Oscars were where like True Grit was nominated for all these things and didn't I don't think it won it, I don't think it, it won, won anything I don't think it won a single but one here's it's yeah it's like one of the most nominated movies that didn't win a single thing yep um do you have the list of stuff that did win did win that year Isaac yes I have it I have it all pulled up here but what's most interesting yep is that true true grit I think should I think Deacon should have won because you look at some of these other things. You have Black Swan, King's Speech, Social Ooh. Network, True Grit. And I, yeah, I'm gonna get to that in a second. I think that Black Swan I, I I mean Inception looks good, but it doesn't look as good as Black Swan or True Grit. Um so that that's kind of like uh that makes my stomach turn over. But for best picture, <laughs> here are the nominees. Uh, the King's Speech won this year. Boo. Black Swan, The Fighter, Inception, The Kids Are All Right, 127, 127 Hours, The Social Network, Toy Story 3, True Grit, and Winner's Bone. Um, Winner's Bone? That was nominated for Best Picture? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that movie bad? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Wait, is it the one with... Uh, that's with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Yep. Yeah, Jennifer That Lawrence. is set in the Ozarks of Arkansas. Just yeah, really? I did not yeah. know that. Um, so, so anyway, I just, I wanted to mention that because a ton of people are like any of these movies, like the King's speech was the worst out of all of these best picture nominees and the social network is arguably the best out of all these movies. Social network is awesome. I watch it's so great. I'm like, I would rather like, this is awesome. This is like original. This is going to endure. This is American in a good mm-hmm. way. Like, yes. Um, I don't, I don't know. I just wanted to go on that rant because that's, that's fresh on my mind. And yep. So anyway, we can move on. <laughs> yeah, sorry, King Speech. Talk t- taking a lot of strays there, but I mean that movie is probably a snooze fest if I watched it. So uh, True Grit, I agree, should have won that. Have year. you have you watched it? I have not. I haven't seen I it for the Oscars. It's, just, it's one of those movies that yeah. I know is it's not entertaining, but yeah, Oscar bait. Yeah, Colin, Oscar bait. Uh, Firth. Which Colin is that? Firth. Yes. Okay. Farrell. I was no, like, Colin Farrell. I was, I was like, I don't think it's Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell's the other one. Uh, Colin Firth. I gotta give a speech. (laughs) (laughs) He won Best Actor, which um, uh, Jeff Bridges was also nominated for Best Actor Actor as well. He did, and Jeff Bridges won the year before this. He won the year before. Colin Farrell was also nominated that year. So like, they they like just switch. And people say. Yeah, I haven't seen Crazy Heart. Yeah, is that what you're gonna say, Eric? I haven't yeah, seen I Crazy say, Heart. I yeah, but uh, I I think this is, he kills it. Let's just to talk about the cast. Yeah, yeah. He, let's talk about the cast. Can yeah, I? Jeff Bridget. Yeah, go ahead, Isaac. Talk oh, about I was Crazy just, Heart. 
Uh, if he's not in a shallow grave somewhere between here and Fort Smith, he's gone. Long gone. Thanks to Mr. The Beef, we have missed our shot. <laughs> he barked and the birds have flown. Gone, gone, gone. That was pretty good. That was, um, yeah. You're getting good at your impression. That is not the Beef. <laughs> <laughs> that is the <Le> Beef. <laughs> I do not know this man. <laughs> and there's some crazy lines in it. And I think a lot of them, some background, some more background info. Uh, when Jeff Bridges was given the script, the Coen brothers, I mean, we, everyone knew that there's a John Wayne movie of this. Mm-hmm. The Coen brothers told Jeff Bridges, do not take any inspiration from that movie because because we're making a better movie. I've seen right I've back. seen that older version. Yeah. I'm like this this version that the Coen Brothers did is so much better. Yeah, and it's a lot truer to the source material because John mm-hmm. Wayne he's like he plays the handsome, straight shooting, non drunkard Rooster Cogburn, and mm-hmm. and the source material, um, which we read back in high school, but I definitely did not read it. I I don't know if I read a book back in high school. I think I definitely used Spark Notes for everything. <laughs> but uh, according to the in the book, it this adaptation of that the Coen brothers did with Jeff Bridges is a lot truer to the source material. Um, and the Coen brothers pretty much just said, ignore the John Wayne movie and Jeff Bridges. I mean, he, he kills, he, he puts on the Southern accent and he plays the, the drunk rooster Cogburn so well. Um, I could go on for days and days about Jeff Bridges cause he's such an amazing actor, but this is, I think is one of his best roles. Cause you don't see Jeff Bridges. You see the character of rooster Cogburn and it's very easy to see Jeff Bridges in movies. Right. Yeah. Jeff Bridges is, He's so good. I just, I love Jeff Bridges so much. Um, And he's so, like you said, he's so good in this. I think he really embodies that character. And honestly, I don't know who else could have played it better. Like, like who would you have, who else would you have cast? After seeing this? Colin Farrell. (laughs) 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 It's Scarlett Giants. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, Jeff Bridges. uh, This is... this is an incredible role, and it's a bummer he didn't win an Oscar for this, but I'm glad he did win it for, I guess, Crazy Heart. Um, I don't know what that movie is about. I think it's a music. It's, mus- it's about guitar. It- I know Maggie Gyllenhaal's in it. Okay. Um, uh, I've never had a burning desire to, to see it, but maybe and, maybe for maybe for Jeff. Yeah, for Jeff, for sure. But then we also have, let's talk about Haley Steinfeld, because this is the very first movie. I think this is her big screen debut. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. And she, I remember when I saw this for the first time, she stole the show from me. She really was. So she She was was 13. So good. Yeah, Yeah, because she's like our age, right? Yeah. She's actually two years. Well, she's, she was born in 96. Okay. Okay. So our age. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like close to a uh, age, close to us in age. She's the same age as my brother. Um, So yeah, she was, she was 13 when uh, this was filmed and which is significantly closer in age to the character in the book than the actor who played the same who played Maddie in the OG right. one. She was like 21 or something yeah. like that, which <laughs> which feels very CW, <laughs> very teen drama esque to do that to cast. It, it. We're 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 casting for like age, not like Riverdale. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, like, come on. Uh, anyway. Uh, I say that I have never seen the original True Grit, so I don't know if that actor was. I'm sure she was great. Anyway, I just remember be just being so bored watching the old True Grit. A lot of those westerns from that era have not aged very well Mm -hmm. for me, just because I prefer a little bit upbeat movie. Um, But Haley Steinfeld, she she is so incredible, and she 
got an Oscar nomination for this. And she, she did. Was it's her like only 13, Oscar 14. nom. Yeah. She's, I think, one of the younger, she has to be one of the younger mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. to be nominated for an Oscar. She also beat out, like, I think it was like thousands of other girls, too. Yes. Yeah. So role. she, 15,000. 15,000. Uh, she, she, 15,000 people auditioned for the Coen brothers for this role. And she, she won it. Um, what blows me away from her performance is she has to act alongside Matt Damon, Josh yeah. Brolin, and Jeff Bridges in every scene that she's in almost. And she chews up the screen just as much as they do. Um, her line delivery is, is incredible. And, and just her presence on the screen as Maddie Ross is, is, is what makes this movie is. Mm-hmm. So, I have a fun fact for you guys. I someone I know fairly well was third in place for this role. They recruited wow. very heavily in Arkansas, and yeah. she, my friend, almost I, w- I won't mention her name just because I didn't ask for her permission. But she, the next stage, she would have interviewed with. So I think Billy Bob Thornton is a producer on this. She would have talked to him and Matt Damon. Spielberg um, produced it as well. Really? Yes. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. That that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and she's re- she's a great great actress. She's she's done a lot of stuff at the rep here, and yeah. So anyway, awesome. Oh yeah. What did you What did you think about uh, Haley Steinfeld, Olivia and Isaac? We're we're big. I th- I feel like all three of us are big Haley Steinfeld stands. Yeah. Yeah. No matter I, what she does, and it all started here. Yeah. <laughs> even even if it's uh the fifteenth Pitch Perfect movie, she's great in it. Um, oh, she is in this. She's yeah, in she's, Pitch she's Perfect. In the, she's in the second one, oh. and I think the third one. Maybe I haven't seen the third one, so I have no idea what happens. But she's in the second one. Um, but yeah, no, I think she's. I think she's a really good actor. Um, I think that she will probably have a pretty good career as as she keeps going. Uh, I th- I think that this movie really showed the depth of her acting and i think it's i i mean clearly it has launched her career i mean i think that something that is so amazing is that she can go line for line with jeff bridges and matt damon at such a young age because there are there are people who've been acting for significantly longer who who could not hold their ground against them which is understandable like who could but she did and she like she Every scene she was in, she really commanded the scene, and and I I liked the, I really liked this character because she was she perfectly balanced being tough and a, like assertive, while also still being like kind and nurturing, which was a really good I think foil to uh, Jeff Bridges' char- character because he he was just just I mean he was Jeff Bridges right like um. He, he was very much just kind of gritty and and drunk the whole time and was and very true much, like he was true he was, he was true. true he had true grit he had as true one grit might say. yeah as as one might say um actually as she says like 12 times she says like 12 times yeah also she says i am and i pointed at the old. screen like this <laughs> she also talks about how old she is uh, a lot um and i'm like girl don't talk like you could easily pass for like 18 just just roll with it <laughs> yeah, and just let them take it. you seriously <laughs> yeah um but i mean I, I i really she commanded every scene yeah, she, i think she, she was, was incredible good. she was so good she has that unique and i really can't think of any other actresses around her age or even like i, I mean we were talking about winner's bone and jennifer lawrence earlier N- no one like Haley Steinfeld has this like everyday person sort of uh you know 
you can you can put yourself in her shoes um specifically for women but also like like she looks like someone you would see around town um in a good way and audrey hepburn also had that quality and she was just completely un un unhindered by society's expectations of her and i just like she she kind of reminds me of audrey hepburn in that way because she what a comparison (laughs) i mean i mean it might be a hot take but you can't say that about jennifer lawrence because jennifer lawrence like doesn't i mean she she did delivers her lines with determination but Haley, but she yells more what? I'm just Haley Steinfeld. Person. Like she, I'm a regular person. Those... I like cheeseburgers. That was yeah, me doing yeah, for yeah. Lawrence in yeah. any Where interview you... she's ever done. And then falls up like going up the stairs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, and I have nothing against Jennifer Lawrence. That's just like a legitimate like I guess gripe that I have with her. Yeah. Um, Haley Steinfeld. Like like dialogue wise, from a screenwriting perspective, like this movie's perfectly cast and it's why it endures because you have like the three of them and then eventually Josh Brolin um, like their characters make the story and she makes the story mm-hmm. what it is but and she like every single line she delivers it's just like man like you are a smart 14 year old you are not mm-hmm. like a 21 year old pretending to be a 14 year old you are like delivering these lines with conviction even though you're acting in such a way that you are kind of fearful that you're away from home you're away from your mom but you also have this like deep fire in your heart that has set you on this course of revenge to like take care of this guy who killed your dad it's like what so one might say one might might say say that she has true grit grit. (laughs) i was waiting for that (laughs) one might say that's so awesome that, that she got the oscar nomination that, mm-hmm. that, that blows my mind that she uh she's she's that strong of an actress and this is the very first movie she was ever in yeah uh, she was will... who, who sorry what who else was do you have the who was nominated for supporting actress that year in this in this terrible year unfortunately <laughs> this category is not that bad um except well i don't remember helena bottom carter's performance but she was nominated for the king's speech Jackie Weaver was nominated for Animal Kingdom, Amy Adams for The Fighter, oh. and I've never seen Animal Kingdom. Is it that good? is a great movie. Ben is it Mendelsohn? Ben Mendelsohn? Is in yeah, yeah, yeah. And Joel yeah. Edgerton is nice. in it. Okay, yeah. We'll it's an it. Australian crime movie, and it is, it's That's awesome. That's all I need to know. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Um, yeah. Melissa Leo won for The Fighter, and from what, I, from what I hear, this was, well, I think some people might say, may say that Amy Adams should have won it but i think i think some people would say amy adams should have an oscar by now i would be one of those people um this illustrates one thing on our um one point on our oscars episode i meant to mention and i was kicking myself for it i meant to mention that the oscar should have a breakout performance category Haley steinfeld probably would have won won good yeah kind of like how the grammys have like best new artist or whatever yeah there's like a legitimate way that you could organize it and put up the the rules and structure it to make sense and to be fair but like Haley steinfeld i'm trying to think of like like other people like andrew garfield maybe i I don't know like other mm -hmm. i mean andrew garfield's and uh, social network. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I think it's awesome. been in you some stuff. You could have. Like, Army Hammer. It, uh, who? <laughs> who? <laughs> who? The Winklevoss brothers. Yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the guy who played them. The guy who I can't played remember the, his name. The other guy. <laughs> the other guy who played. I can't remember who. Um, you know, El- Elliot Page would have been nominated probably for the, yes, that. Yes, Elliot Page. Category. If, she probably 
or he sorry he would have probably won um this is way back in the day but uh christian bale was a kid in his oh, bit, yeah. first big role in empire of the sun like he probably would have won yeah. that like like D- dicaprio for yeah something anything, or what's anything. eating gilbert what you, grape well, yeah, or, I was just yeah. What's eating gilbert grape. it's just like yeah. give give credit to young it, actors and actresses it doesn't so. even necessarily have to be a young right, right, right. Actor. just like who, where'd this person come from yeah, yeah. like uh what was a lot that? of times those young those that category will be filled with yeah it would be yeah, yeah. veterans are gonna get the unfair advantage anyway yeah. i just want to mention that i wanted to oh great uh, get back sure. to no Trigger that's it. a great i love that that's what's the bible verse at the beginning of this movie Proverbs twenty-one. Good memory, Olivia. I didn't hear what you said. I said Proverbs. You should give me credit for just remembering Proverbs. No, 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 I'm giving. (laughs) No, I, I, uh, I would only. I only remember that because I watched it last night, and I was like, huh, because I don't remember that. The wicked flee, though no one pursues. That's all you see. But the second part of that verse is the righteous are as bold as a lion. Yeah. So that's that's something we have we have just a little bit of time left. I wanted to pose this to you. Like, what is this movie saying? And I'm asking that not in a bad way. Like, it doesn't clearly state what is happening or, or what's going on. But I get mixed signals just like even from that being the first thing that you read as text to start this story. Yeah, I don't. This is know. a revenge movie. Right, it's a revenge movie, and I don't know if there's a theme that that I got from the movie. What what really stuck with me at the end was the the last five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was freaking sad because Maddie Ross had not seen Rooster in the last twenty years, mm-hmm. um, and she does finally seek him out, and she finds out that, and she finally goes to see him, and he dies three days ago. And from that, that's what I what I picked up from the movie is just that. You have to stay connected with with the people that are in your life, and I, I just found it so heartbreaking that mm-hmm. it took her that long to see to to go find Rooster, and she doesn't even know where Labeef is at. Um, and that might just be what it was like back in the times. Um, and then when she digs up his body from the Confederate gravesite and goes dig it, buries her, buries him in Jonesboro. Um, mm-hmm. That ending was that's what I got from the ending, but that's obviously not the theme of the movie. That's what I just picked up from. Sure, from one of the things I picked up from the movie. Uh, I don't know what it's saying, but Isaac, when you said it when we first started about uh, the the like overture, the score being leaning on the everlasting arms, I didn't think about it till you said it. But I think there's a level of irony in the fact that Maddie loses an arm. Yes. And that's playing the whole, yeah. t- like that. that's just, especially uh, the last five minutes or so when it shows her as an adult mm-hmm. and she like, it's just playing in the background while she's running around with one arm. And I'm just like, man, that feels weird, ironic for whatever reason. I think that that's a that's a great point, Olivia, and and also how the mo- the that hymn swells whenever Rooster's riding with her to try and save her mm-hmm. life. Right at the end, uh, the the arrangement that they do of that hymn in that in those scenes are is just really great. But it's kind of this weird. I don't know. It's like I think I think it's like this very sincere depiction of the of the Wild West. And what it was like, because if you think about it, Maddie's not grieving her father's death. 
Mm-hmm. Like she's like she never cries in the movie. I, I like her tears well up in her eyes at different points, but she never just like she's not overcome with grief. It's more like she, her character is just completely driven. Like this dude killed my dad. I'm going to kill him. Like mm-hmm. that's what you do. And and it's less a it's a testament both to her character, but also like this is what you do nowadays. Like this guy killed my dad, took his horse and all the gold that he had to his name. It's like I'm not going to I'm not going to stand for that. And my mom's not going to be able to do anything. So I'm, I'm going to have to go do it. So I just think it's the juxtaposition of like, this is a revenge movie. Not, not really in the same line of like unforgiven, but it's juxtaposed by the him leaning on the everlasting arms. And she talks about the grace of God. So I just, I just, and I, um, I guess I'm pontificating because I love it. I love the kind of simple mystery that the Coen brothers wrote um like very intentionally so anyway i'm i just i went off for a little bit yeah well because at the very beginning she adult maddie says the only thing that is free in this life is the grace of god and Mm -hmm. i was like huh i mean yeah not for cheney though not not for cheney there's some gruesome scenes real quick i think we got like a couple minutes left there's some gruesome scenes in this first one uh that when they're in the cabin and dude gets his fingers chopped off and the guy gets his they shot in by Jeff. I'm not Gleason. I was like, that's oh, that I'm not Gleason. Oh, was it really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I was no like, that, that's him. Okay, I knew well, he was uh, in it. I saw he his... had He had a good little scene there because yeah. you know, he was kind of reflecting on his life and while he was on his... And he was religious. I didn't think yeah. about that until just now. Yeah. He's Methodist and he was like, tell my brother. Yeah. Uh, but that was a gruesome scene and that's just classic Coen Brothers direction is their violence is quick but mm-hmm. gruesome mm-hmm. usually. Um which is a great a great comparison when we've talked about violence on this podcast with uh like Jeff Bridges doesn't really show that much violence. I feel like the Cohen brothers do yeah. do it really well because you're like, oh ah, oh no. Uh it's yeah, it's awesome. Um if some men wanted think- a decent burial, they should have gotten themselves killed in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Which and- is such a very like that that is something that I like I was like that Rooster. It, yeah, it's rooster. It's but it's also like rooster. what any like kind of crotchety old man in flyover <laughs> country would say. Like if that were to happen right now, they would have said that about classic dad line. It's yeah, a classic a dad, dad line. line. Yeah. Yep. Um. Also, like the the whole spirit of like this is the Wild West. You got to survive or die. They're just riding. He's talking about like all his wives that he's had in the Green Frog <laughs> Casino, and it's it's snowing and it looks amazing. And then they just stop talking and they see the the body hanging from the tree, oh, and yeah. it's like haunting and freaky. And then she climbs up there and it's like really still for a couple minutes while she's climbing up there. And he's still talking about the frog, <laughs> green frog toad casino. And then he goes, cut her down. He's like, why? I might know this man. And then she saws at the rope for like another 30 seconds. The body falls for like five <laughs> seconds. It feels yeah. like he walks over to it. And then you get that amazing shot. Like, of you basically looking up at Jeff Bridges and he's like, I do not know this man. (laughs) It's like freaky. And then, all right, well, I guess we got to see who this guy is. And then I don't know. It's like all the terrors taken out of that. And then I love the guy who was wearing the bearskin pelt. I I thought he was, I I remember when I first saw it, I was like, man, this guy's freaky as heck. And uh, I thought he was going to be, ended up being an antagonist, but ended up being the guy who saved Maddie's life. Yep. And after he, uh, yeah, yeah, he's like just stares at them, and then once he starts talking, you're like, oh, this guy's like 
kind of kooky, but he means well. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of it, Midsommar vibes there with that guy. When he <laughs> rolled up, I was like, oh, it's like Midsommar. <laughs> Real, uh, real quick shout out. We did not talk about a lot about Matt Damon's performance. I think this is one of my favorite performances from Matt Damon because once again, we have an actor who's a star and he immerses himself into a character to the point where you don't recognize the actor that's behind the character. And I love it for me that that whenever an actor is able to do that, I, I will love the character that much more. He really is kind awesome. of un unrecognizable as Matt Damon. Yeah, one of my favorite shots is uh, he's sitting on the porch of the the hotel mm-hmm. and. That's the very first time you see him. He's like sitting there smoking a pipe and he just looks so badass. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't know who it is, it's just some random dude, but it's Matt Damon playing with beef. And that's Ever- one of my favorite. Everest stalwart. <laughs> At that, that scene you were just talking about, Eric, I was just thinking we should bring pipes back. Like that yeah. should be how, how we smoke tobacco. Like yeah. I have ever it's done that. It's so before. cool. It is but so cool. Like, pipes are so cool. Yeah. Um, be like the Joe Rogan podcast with Elon Musk, except with <laughs> oh pipe and tobacco. The three so- of us. <laughs> not as condescending um also i really like this the scene where they're like sitting around the fireplace i think it's the first night that they're all together and he's uh labeef is talking about texas and i was like god he is oh yeah every person i've ever met from texas yeah it's the greatest and i'm like calm down you're yeah no sharps carbine is a (laughs) weapon of great precision You could not hit a man at 300 yards if your gun was resting on Gibraltar. <laughs> there are a lot of good lines. I'll have the Q&N next episode with some of the lines because I don't think I wrote down any good ones, but they're done. Uh, but we're coming up on the end of the episode. Isaac Olivia, any final thoughts on the movie? True Grit. Um, I want to dedicate the rest of this time, which is like two minutes, to Matt Damon because there is there is this little bit of, like, of interesting... Um, I don't know. Matt Damon's character exists as not really as a foil. He is a foil to Rooster, but he also is just completely different from Rooster. And a lot of times it's like you get one guy who is like, this is how you do it. You got to be tough. And you get a new guy who's like, got to be tough, but you also got the new ways. And they just avoided that kind of like corny mm-hmm. uh, team up True. that you often yeah. see in a lot yeah. of movies yeah. like this. Um, and that go the credit goes to the Cohen brothers, obviously. But yeah, this is this is just one of Damon's totally underrated performances. Yeah, I agree. I yeah, agree. like I would say one of his best. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, as far as final thoughts, I I just want to say thanks for picking True Grit. I'm glad that we got to re- I got to revisit this. I hadn't seen it in so long. Um, it's it's a very good film. This is so a total dad movie that. I'm it's my dad it is a dad totally movie. like totally like yeah. oh heck yes I'm like gonna watch it. it's like I feel like this is a, like when I was in high school my dad said hey we're uh my buddy Randy's coming over do you want to do you want to hang out with us and I was like I'm about to go do something and then Randy walks in he's like hey David what are you doing and he's like I'm just gonna watch a movie I was thinking about watching Tombstone and Randy goes oh <laughs> I would watch Tombstone right now. And I was like, I haven't seen it yet, but I have to like legitimately go do something. He's like, man, you're going to miss out. And I feel like True Grit is our generation's Tombstone in terms of like 
iconic westerns so tombstone yeah. is is one of my dad's favorite movies too he yeah, will tombstone any, is also great time it's, it's on so he will watch it it doesn't matter what's happening he's great like oh tombstone's movie. on yeah well i'm i'm glad you both uh enjoyed tree grit i think it's to me it's one of the few movies that i'm willing to call masterpiece in my book um, oh yeah it's got everything for me um and the setting of it is awesome and in flyer for country so that is it for our True Grid episode. Um, it, I don't know how to end the episode. Isaac, you're and Livy, you're better than that. Eric, That's you ruined it. everything. No, <laughs> no. Uh, uh, Eric, or not Eric? Sorry, Isaac. Are you up next? I'm up next, and I have no idea what we're watching. Um, right. I don't want to make a decision I'm going to regret. So, all right, oh, don't wow. want to force you into a decision that you're going to regret. That it'll be a little bit more exciting. Properly. Than, oh, yes, so we're exactly. watching uh, Haley Seinfeld's best movie, Bumblebee, right? <gasps> yes i've never seen all that movie um except there's a scene where john, john cena's in that movie and he's really yes, good he uh yeah. he's like the general who is <laughs> is like opposite of the generals in other transformers movies who are like we need to blow them up but yeah very like, racist against transformers yes yeah he's but he's like he's like I just have one question. It's like the start of like a scene with him and a bunch of like U.S. senators. He's like, I just have one question. Are all of you out of your mind? And he like flips out, and it's really great John Cena energy. Uh, maybe maybe we should do a John Cena. Love episode. Bumblebee. You've given me something to think about. But it'll be my pick. Will be a lot more rousing than Columbus. Um, even though I love that movie, oh, it'll cool. be a little bit more. We're gonna watch The Edge of Seventeen, starring Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. Oh. True. True flyover country wow. movie honestly nice. i mean honestly and that would that would marry the uh the gap uh because you have Haley lou richardson and Haley steinfeld yeah and there you go movie so we're drawing all kinds of lines here i love it yep nice please remember to rate review subscribe share this with anyone any dad you know who loves true grit and would might enjoy this episode on a commute or whilst doing lawn care <laughs> Um, I'm trying, or I'm trying to think of other dad things. Um, but yeah, seriously, if you like this movie, uh, please share this with people. We really appreciate it. Um, and just thank you guys for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Any final thoughts? You two? Did it. Great job. Way to way to close us out. When I was Wrong in the close. when I was in the chicken aisle at the store the other day, I looked at it and said, "That is not Le Beef." <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Uh, <laughs> beef. <laughs>